Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. I've got a massive episode for you guys today because the NBA draft happened last night and there's a lot to talk about. Going to be going over the main lottery picks, sleepers in the draft, winners and losers uh, from a team's perspective. I've got it all here for you. So let's just hop straight into it. Sorry I couldn't get you guys an episode yesterday. I had a very busy day. Had to do a little driving around for the family. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about the draft because it went down last night. And it started out with a bang. ESPN, Adrian Wojnarowski reported as Orlando was getting to be on the clock that Paolo Bancaro was going to be the number one overall pick. He was the favorite to be that. And that is exactly what happened. We thought... It was a Jabari Smith versus Chet Holmgren battle for number one. But no, even though they did not hold Bancaro for a workout, Orlando takes the Duke power forward with the number one overall pick. I was pretty shocked by this. Again, I thought it was going to be Jabari Smith. That's what I had in my mock draft. But Orlando going to take Bancaro to pair with a pretty solid young core. You got Franz Wagner, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, uh, Markel Fultz, former number one overall pick. And Bancaro is the most NBA ready of those guys in the top three. Now, whether he'll be the best of the three is to be seen. I personally don't think he has the same ceiling as a Jabari Smith or Chet Holmgren, but I do think he has the highest floor and is ready to contribute now. So Orlando can't really go wrong with that pick. And then obviously we got OKC taking Chet Holmgren at two. Jabari Smith falls to Houston at three. And then the Sacramento Kings, they actually make the right pick. They take Keegan Murray at four. It's a perfect fit. He's going to contribute right away. That leaves Detroit taking Jaden Ivey at five. You guys obviously know the rest with with, uh, how how everything went down the board. Uh, Some big trades went down yesterday. We'll get into those right now. Uh, The Knicks traded the 11th pick, which was the rights, to Usman Jiang. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Traded him to the Oklahoma City Thunder for three future conditional first-round picks. I'm sure they'll have a lot of protections on there, but the Knicks do trade out of 11 get some future draft capital. But that was not the biggest trade of the night because Buzz City, what are you doing? Charlotte drafts Jalen Duran at 13. And then I want to make sure I'm getting this right because we didn't know what was happening in the newsroom yesterday when we were trying to cover this. So the Hornets trade the draft rights to Jalen Duran to the Knicks. And then the Knicks send him to the Pistons along with Kemba Walker's contract it was very convoluted but what I've concluded is the Hornets trade the 13th pick in the draft draft race to Jalen Duran they receive four second round picks and one first round pick from the Knicks which was is going to be a 2023 first round pick from Denver the Knicks they get the first round pick from Detroit that was given to them by Portland that was from Milwaukee for the Jeremy Grant trade so they end up with the first from the uh, from that, uh, and the Pistons are the ones who actually get Jalen during the 13th overall pick. Have to take on Kemba Walker's salary. Uh, they'll probably con- construct a buyout, but that's how that trade went down. It was very confusing. Shams and Woj were both tweeting different things. We know how they duel it out on on the on the phone and on Twitter, but that trade. Very, very confusing as it went down. Hornets do end up taking the center. Mark Williams at 15 that they keep this time. But very confusing times during uh, during those five picks. 
Uh, and then you got some picks later in the first round, obviously second round, you're going to have a lot of movement, but I want to talk about my winners and losers to start out. Just had to do a little quick summary, quick recap of what all went down. Obviously you guys are listening to this. You probably watched the draft. I don't need to run through every single pick, but I'm going to start with my winners. Obviously, I think a lot of people can can agree on this. The Detroit Pistons are the biggest winners of this draft. And let me tell you why. Sacramento, again, they made the right pick at four if you're not going to trade down and get a haul for Jaden Ivey. You do not select Jaden Ivey. He was giving you every signal that he did not want to go to Sacramento. He said that he had family ties in Detroit and Indiana. He would prefer to go there. He said Sacramento wouldn't be the worst option. He was giving every hint, hey, Kings, do not draft me. And they wised up and didn't do that. Now, Sacramento fans might be like, well, you should have taken best player available, but Jaden Ivey, again, didn't want to go to you guys. Why is that, though? It's because you threw away Tyrese Halliburton this past season for DeMontis Sabonis, who's obviously a two-time All-Star, great player, but at the time, Halliburton was your best player, and because he had a crowded backcourt, you gave him away, and in my opinion, Indiana completely won that deal because they're getting a very young star caliber point guard in Tyrese Halliburton, who's, again, he's like 21, 22 years old, and... Sacramento obviously gets Sabonis back in the deal, but it's now a lineup that can't shoot the three ball that well. So why would you recreate your problem of getting a guard who he's got better going downhill than he is from the three-point line, although Jay Nivey is a good three-point shot, and he it's definitely going to improve, but get a, another guard for the third year in a row to crowd your backcourt again. It doesn't make sense. Instead, you take Keegan Murray, who can slot in immediately at the four, slots the bonus to the five. Keegan Murray can stretch the floor. He averaged 23 and a half, uh, eight rebounds per game, can shoot 40% from three. He is NBA ready. He's going to contribute right away for the Kings. So in a way, I'm kind of thinking of Sacramento as a winner, but how that affects Detroit is Jaden Ivey falls to five. You get Jaden Ivey to pair with Kate Cunningham. That's a scary backcourt that's as young as ever. And then on top of it, Troy Weaver, GM for the Pistons, two guys he coveted. Jaden Ivey, falls him at five. Jalen Duren, you trade for him at 13. And you give up a first-round pick from that originally was from Milwaukee. Give up a late first-round pick for the 13th overall pick with Jalen Duren who can now be your starting center with Sadiq Bey and obviously Cade Cunningham and Jaden Ivey. I mean, that's a great young core that Detroit has set up. And if you think about it, everyone's criticizing the Jeremy Grant trade originally because you only got one first round pick back. But Weaver knew what he was doing because he pretty much flipped Jeremy Grant into a lottery pick. He flipped a good player who's in his prime into a younger player who's cheaper and can be better than Jeremy Grant. Detroit smashed the draft. I love exactly what they did. I mean, absolutely fleeced the Charlotte Hornets. Why the Hornets? And we'll get to Hornets in a bit. Why they just got only one pick back for the 13th is, is beyond me. I don't know what you're going to do with a bunch of second round picks, but great maneuvering from Detroit in this draft to get their two most coveted guys. This team's on the come up. Now, my second team that are winners, and there are a lot of teams I have as winners because I just love the class and think there are a lot of great picks. But the second biggest winner is the Thunder. 
because they had Chet Holmgren as number one on their big board. They clearly demonstrated that because they were going to take him over Paolo Bancaro if he went to Houston at three. And when Jabari Smith was laying there at two, they still stuck with Chet Holmgren. Sam Presti was just on this guy from the very start. He wanted Holmgren since the beginning of this draft process, and they got him can be a generational talent. I don't think the comparisons to a mix of Porzingis and Giannis are that far off. This guy is unicorn-like. He can handle the ball, shoot the three, can block shots. Oh yeah, and by the way, he's seven foot and very mobile. So I love that pick. But what also struck me with the Thunder is they're kind of moving this thing along. All these first round picks they've drafted up or traded for over the years, they're now using to get lottery caliber players. You get Ujman Dieng from the Knicks at 11, and then you take Jalen Williams from Santa Clara at 12. Now, I think that was a little high for Jalen Williams in terms of projections, but if that's your guy at 12, you take him because you know what? This kid's a stud. He averages 18 a game. He smashed the combine, played so well in five on five. He can handle the ball, can work off ball, 6'6", got a shot, and you know what? Sam Presti's really good at developing talent and figuring out talent. So the Thunder with three first-round picks in the top 12. To go along with Shea Gilchrist Alexander and Josh Giddy and Lou Dort, because it looks like he's going to be sticking around. This is a fantastic young core for the Thunder to advance. And oh, by the way, they still got plenty of first round picks in the next few years. The Thunder are rebuilding and it is progressing. And they showed it last night by being aggressive and getting Jang uh, and, and getting Williams at 12 when a lot of people thought he was sliding out of the lottery. Now, like I said, there are a lot of teams I consider winners. I, I think Houston did a great job. They got a lot of talent in this draft with Jabari Smith, Tari Eason, who I made sure to watch highlight tapes of because I was kind of doubting him a little bit. Dude's athletic. He's got clamps. I think he can be solid there. Uh, I, I think uh, the Spurs had a good draft. I think a lot of people are confused with Sohan at nine, but that's a very Spurs-like player. He's one of the most versatile players in this draft, can guard positions one through five. He's... Uh, Kind of a little positionless because kind of ran point a bit at Baylor, but he can handle the ball. He's got a good shot mechanic, I think. I think he can really develop into a nice player. And he's, he's a modern-day-like player. And then I think them getting Branham and Wesley at 20 and 25, respectively, I think the Spurs did a good job there. Getting some bucket getters, some aggressive guards who can help out DeJounte Murray. And then I think Minnesota did a pretty good job as well because you get... You have the 19th pick, you trade out of it and get two first round picks at 22 and 29. Obviously, you make a little, a uh, couple extra moves, end up with Walker Kessler, backup Carl Anthony Towns and Wendell Moore. I think they did a good job maneuvering because you turn one pick into a couple players. I think that's a great way uh, to kind of operate in a draft. Now, let's get to the losers. Because last night, I, I mean, I'm an intern for Queen City News, Queen City News. Sports intern, you know, we're, 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 we're looking at what the Hornets are doing. They are under the biggest microscope for us. And I just don't get what the Hornets did last night. They are my biggest loser in this draft that I can think of. And here's why. You have picks 13 and 15. There are a lot of options they can do because a big theme for them this offseason is they got to re-sign restricted free agent Miles Bridges, who's going to demand a max. Be heading into the draft, they had $29 million in cap space because Miles Plumley or Mason Plumley, whichever Plumley, he sucks, but it doesn't matter. Not trying to be too harsh on the guy, but he's not a starting caliber center. The Hornets need a starting center. 
So you go in with that amount of cap space. You are aware that you could make a trade with 13 and or 15, both of your picks, package Gordon Hayward, trade him out of there to clear some salary space. I think that would have been their best case scenario in terms of re-signing Miles Bridges. But I just don't get how you have two picks in the top 15 and walk away with one player. It it just doesn't make sense. And I said this earlier with the Duran trade, and I, I you know I get what they're doing because if Cleveland trades out of 14 and if someone comes in to snag Mark Williams, then you keep Duran and you're kind of playing well. Duran Williams didn't seem like they really cared which one they got. They just wanted one of them, which is good. You needed a center in this draft. They were there for you at the right value, but you trade Duran for a first round pick that's Denver's for next year, likely to be in the 20s, and four second round picks. I said this earlier, what are you going to do with four second round picks? Now, he used a couple of second round picks to get Bryce McGowan's at 40th overall, who I really like. He's just really raw, and he's going to sit behind James Booknight, who's also pretty raw, but it just, it really makes no sense. I, I think... I get what they're trying to do with the trades. And, you know, I think this got a little too fancy. Mitch Kupchak, uh, obviously the Bridges situation is, is a big thing for him, but I just think it's inexcusable with the amount of talent in this draft, especially in the lottery. It's inexcusable that you walk out of that situation with one player. You don't even get a player from Detroit. You don't even get a young guy from the Knicks. When I heard the Knicks were involved, I was thinking, you know what? What if Cam Reddish comes back in the deal to Charlotte? That would be pretty good. Cam Reddish and and getting him with uh, with Mark Williams, that's two, two pretty solid young players. Cam Reddish just can't really find the right situation. But I just, I think the Hornets completely baffled this situation. The Pistons fleece the Hornets because look at teams around the league. The Knicks get three first round picks for number 11, just two spots ahead of you. The Timberwolves get... Two first-round picks, 22 and 29, for pick 19. How do you get one first-round pick only, which is next year in the 20s most likely? It's inexcusable. They should, and and if you if you knew, and it could be because for me, Mark Williams and Ochai Abaji should were their targets in my mind, and Abaji went 14 to Cleveland. If you had a feeling of that, you take Abaji 13, or you take Branham 13, or whoever you want there, A.J. Griffin, and you snag your center at 15 because Cleveland doesn't need it. But with all the options they had, the potential to clear cap space, the ability to take two top 15 players, all of that, they made, in my opinion, the worst, they had the worst outcome for the situation they were in, and Everyone's going to say, well, you still got to re-sign Bridges. This is a team that does not like to pay the luxury tax. They don't like going over, but you know what? They're going to have to because Detroit's got around $50 million in cap space ready to offer Miles Bridges a deal, and there's going to be an offer sheet for Charlotte to match. And you know what? You put yourself in a position because you mismanaged this draft where you got to pay this guy, and and I think you should go into the luxury tax at this point. This team really had the ability and potential to make a deal or two tonight or just stand pat and take two really solid young players to push this team into the playoffs, but you don't even get a veteran out of it. You still got Gordon Hayward on the books for $30 million for the next two years. And then, like I said, you'll come away with it with Mark Williams, who's going to be great. I wanted this pick for the Hornets really bad, and they got it. 
but everything else outside of that just really bad. So that that's that's my biggest loser in this draft. A couple other teams I had written down as losers, but I don't really think they're losers. I had the Knicks down because they didn't get a guy in the first round. I think the three first round picks could be really useful in the future. Now with how the protections work and all that is, you know, remains to be seen. You never know how those are going to turn out. But at 11, they really could have taken an impact player. You know, you could have taken Jang for yourself. You could have taken Duran. Um, and I know Johnny Davis was probably up their, their main guy at 11. He went to Washington at 10. But I, I think not getting anyone in the first round, not getting the 12th pick and just moving back a little bit, uh, I think that's a bit of a bummer for Knicks fans because this roster's not ready to win now. And then I also have Memphis a little bit in there. I don't love the LaRavia pick at 19. I, I'm actually very intrigued by Davis uh, David Roddy at 23. Uh, you give up DeAnthony Melton, who was expendable, so I like that. But I, I think LaRavia at 19, I just don't know how he fits into the team. Now, you do you do get uh, Kennedy Chandler in the second round, but... I think if you're going to take two first-round picks to move up, uh, not sure if LaRavia was that guy. Now, you know, these teams know more than me. Could prove me wrong, but that's just my initial reaction. But seeing what Memphis did the rest of the way, I think they actually did do a good job in this draft. It's just that one pick. I don't know if that's a winning pick for me. Now let's transition. I want to talk about my favorite picks in this year's draft. And I'm going to start with probably my favorite player in this entire draft, Benedict Matherin, going to the Pacers at six. I saw a Bleacher Report rate this pick a B-. minus. I mean, I don't really want to get too into those because those are just, it's just a letter next to it. But if you watch basketball, you know Benedict Matherin, wherever he goes, is going to make an impact his rookie season. I actually really like the fit next to Tyrese Halliburton. I think this guy is ready to score. He's aggressive. He's got a jumper, can shoot it, catch and shoot, or off the dribble. And we saw in that TCU game, he just has it. He has that it factor, that star caliber potential. You can see it. He just exposes it. It just comes out of him. He is ready for the big moments. I mean, that entire TCU game, I was so impressed. It makes sense he went this high. I love the fact he went this high. Indiana has a star in the making. Halliburton is a willing point guard. He's going to help him get the ball. The Pacers are doing a fantastic job continuing to rebuild this roster. Now, I originally had Dyson Daniels here because I was just kind of throwing that out there, a little shot in the dark, but I did think about Matherin there. Not going to obviously say, well, I would have done it, but you know, I, I just, I do like this fit and thinking about it might be a better fit than Dyson Daniels, but I, I this is one of my favorite picks just because I love Matherin. Uh, but again, Bleach Report, why, why is this pick a B minus? Uh, it doesn't really make sense, uh, but I, I love what the Pacers have done so far with this rebuild. A few other picks will go a little faster. Malachi Branham to the Spurs. Uh, Jay Bills has harked on this a lot. I love Branham's game. I think he's a he's a ready scorer. He's a shot creator. He's really crafty. Uh, he's got, he can shoot it in the mid range. Can shoot it from three. Got a little bit of Demar Derozan in him in, it, uh, in him a little bit. Got a little post up game for a guard. Got some defensive potential. Uh, and he's raw, but he finished out his freshman year really well. Averaged twenty a game in his last ten games. Dropped twenty three on Villanova. Uh, which is a really good defense, and that's when they add uh, Justin Moore. But I love that pick for the Spurs. Spurs really need a secondary score next to DeJounte Murray, and getting him at 20, really good value pick. Uh, Nikola Jovic going to Miami. I think this is really interesting. I know that 
this team needed backcourt help. But Jovic can really be a transcendent player. Uh, he's, you know, very, very raw. He's from Serbia, played over there. Uh, but uh, he kind of talked about it a bit yesterday. He's been playing against grown men. He's played against real-life competition. You know, he's, he's tall. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. Looks to be physical. And Miami is a great culture for him to go to because they are so good at developing talent. And who knows? This guy could be, you know, the next young, great player for a team that's, you know, they've had hits in the draft with Bam Adebayo at 13, uh, Tyler Hero at 14. Uh, and, and who knows? Uh, what by the time he becomes great, if Jimmy Butler's still going to be there or not, this team is preparing for him to be good now and be great in the future. Great value pick at 27. A uh, couple couple other quick picks. Marjan Beauchamp going to the Bucks. I really like this pick. Can kind of be groomed by Giannis. Potentially be uh, a little psychic partner in the front court because uh, you know Brooke Lopez has been a little bit banged up. Uh, I would have loved if they went uh, Blake Wesley here, get some guard help, but you got Pat Connaughton back for next season. You're going to have Chris Middleton back. The injury, that's really the main reason they lost uh, as early as they did because this team is ready to make another run, but Beauchamp has got that potential, and it was a great value pick. Again, it's all about value picks and where you get them for a team like Milwaukee who's ready to contend right away. I think if this guy gets a little bit of you know experience under his belt early in the season, he can contribute in a way that Jonathan Kuminga did a little bit before the NBA Finals, obviously didn't get much run there, but he can he's long, he can play defense, and Bucks are a great place to develop him, so I love him there. And then Dalen Terry, a big name to really rise up in this draft. Uh, he went to Chicago at 18. I love this pick for the Bulls, actually. 6'7", versatile wing, improved his three ball by the end of the year. He's got a spark. He's got some swag to his game. Uh, I think he's going to fit in nicely because he can play on ball. He can play off ball. Well, Lonzo Ball's had some injury problems. He can slot in pretty well, I think, next to Zach Levine, assuming they re-sign him to Mar DeRozan. I kind of would like if they got some front court help. We'll see what they do in free agency. But I think any team that picks Dalen Terry is going to get a really good young player because he's got an NBA body, 6'7", long wingspan. Uh, he's got some some spunk offensively, has defensive versatility, can probably guard uh, positions one through four, and he just showed a little bit of what he can do at Arizona. I think this kid is going to be a star and a, a pick people look back at and say, wow, I knew he was good, but can't believe we let him slide to 18. Uh, and then a couple picks in the second round that I wanted to uh, quickly go over before we wrap this up. I kind of said this a little bit, but Kennedy Chandler to the Grizzlies, they get their backup point guard. This is a first-round pick. First-round talent right here. Get him in the second round. A really good value pick there. Max Christie going to the Lakers for their loan pick. They traded up uh, to get a pick in this year's draft at 35 from the Magic. Uh, I think the freshman, you know, Peyton Watson went 30. Caleb Houston went 32. Max Christie goes 35. These three freshmen who had very... I wouldn't say great. They had a bit of a disappointing season in their lone freshman year at their schools, but they had the the talent and obviously the, the high school uh, record because they were five-star recruits coming out of high school to be developed. And these are good value picks, especially for the Lakers. Get you a wing who can score, who can shoot. And obviously LeBron will do a good job taking care of them. I think this is a really good pick for the Lakers because he could really become a solid guy, at least off the bench, uh, who's eager scoring, has got a good shooting uh, mechanic. Christian Coloco to my Raptors, our lone pick of the night. 
Very happy uh, that OG Ananobi is staying, although the rumors that he was going to be dealt to Portland for the seventh overall pick, I'll take Shannon, or not Shannon, I'll take Shaden Sharp uh, over OG Ananobi, honestly, right now, but very glad that he's going to be staying in the sixth. But Coloco, this is a center that uh, that the Raptors need because Ken Birch wasn't really working out too well. We obviously going up against Embiid. Coloco is a big dude. This is a guy that can handle a Joel Embiid. He's a bit, he's, I'd say, pretty raw, but he's also got some NBA ready skills. Uh, he can rebound the ball well. You know, he's a pretty good interior finisher. Uh, I think he has a lot of good physical intangibles, and he's an NBA built center, in my opinion. Uh, so I think the Raptors made a really good pick here because obviously you got your wing guys with, you know, rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Gary Trent, Fred Van Vliet, just, you know, listen off the names that uh, come to mind for a, a Raptors team that I think overachieved a little bit in terms of where they finished in the East. Obviously would have loved if they won a playoff series, but Coloco, I think can make an impact pretty fast because the, uh, the center spot is the biggest void I'd say in the Raptors roster but obviously in Masai Ujiri we trust love where this team is going uh very excited to see Coloco in a Raptors jersey because I love how he played uh in in the Pac-12 uh, and obviously in the tournament alongside Benedict Mathern Dale and Terry a uh, really good draft for Arizona a lot of great players so I love this pick for my Raptors and then EJ Liddell probably the best value pick First round talent, in my opinion, slid all the way to 41 going to the Pelicans. I mean, this is gonna be a, this is a guy who's ready to, to contribute right away. He's got great instincts on both ends of the floor. He expanded his game out a little bit to the three-point line. He's a little bit old-fashioned of a player. He's I mean six seven, six eight, but he's very solid defensively. Actually held Palabin Caro to 414 in the regular season last year when Ohio State upset the Blue Devils, but all the way at 41, love this pick for the Pelicans. They had a good draft. Dyson Daniels uh, at eight as well. This team is ready to contend. And I'm not saying for the championship, but they're ready to contend in the Western Conference to potentially make it to a Western Conference Finals. But it just all lies in Zion Zion Williamson's hands uh, because he's got to get back on the court. But that's kind of my thoughts on the draft. Thought it was a very exciting night. Uh, I, I do like how they had five minute rounds instead of ten minute rounds. Quick little point out there. Um, hopefully this, this was a good recap, getting my opinions on everything. Uh, moving forward though, we'll have to see what we do content wise. Uh, I think I can do. Uh, there's going to be some free agency stuff. We'll talk a little NFL, maybe some college sports because my UNC Tar Heels. We got Pete Nance. Looking to be maybe the number one preseason team in the country. Obviously, those expectations are high, but love the the get in the transfer portal. Pete Nance uh, shoots a good three ball, average 14 at Northwestern last season. So I'm stoked to see what he does for the Tar Heels as, you know, it's a somewhat uh, redemption tour with all the guys coming back. Caleb Love, RJ Davis. Um, but yeah, I'm going to figure out some ways to do some creative episodes as we hit a little bit of a lull uh, in the sports season. No basketball, no football, but obviously as we get closer to the NFL season, to fall sports at UNC, going to be previewing and doing some prediction episodes for all of those. But that's going to do it for my NBA draft recap episode. Really hope you guys enjoyed it. Obviously, if you guys want to get me uh, any opinions or statements, hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, whatever is your preferred social media app. 
But thank you so much for listening to this NBA Draft Recap episode. Had a blast with this one. Love this draft class. Love reviewing everything. And obviously, a a big congratulations to all the new NBA players who got drafted. So once again, thank you so much for listening. And I'll speak to you next time.